Well, hey there, beautiful teacher. How are you? Thank you so much for joining me for episode number 34 of the Primary Teacher Friends podcast. My name is Tony, and my goal is to help teachers like you be more joyful in your career. That way you can have your ultimate impact on your little learners. One area of our career that's not always the easiest is dealing with parents and families. They can either be your best friend or your worst enemy. And interacting with them is specifically hard when we have bad news or worries to share. But don't fret any longer. I am here to help you today with this episode about how to have hard conversations with parents. I am going to share my very best tips that I have used over the years to make this as easy as possible. So if you're in this boat or have ever been in this boat, definitely we all have been in it at one point or another. This episode is specifically designed for you. Are you ready? You are tuned in to the Primary Teacher Podcast. Now, if your job description doesn't consist of teaching little people to read, develop, succeed, and grow, you're probably in the wrong place. But if you do teach kindergarten, first, or second grade, well, you're what we call a difference maker. And you're among friends here. And now, your host, primary teacher, content creator, and little people fanatic, Tony Mullins. Welcome, my dear sweet friend. I am so glad you are hanging around for today's episode. Relationships with parents can have a direct impact on our joy as teachers. And that is why today I want to give you some advice on how to deal with these situations when there is bad news to deliver. When you have some tough things to say that you are afraid will have some negative effects. This happens to the very best of us, and I have been in your shoes time and time again, and that is why I want to give you my very best advice. So if you are struggling with anxiety and worry over delivering bad news for parents, and you're scared of their reactions, and you're maybe even losing sleep over it, Let's talk about hard conversations with parents and families. I don't know about you, but this is that time of the year when we have to share some bad information with parents, whether that is low results from a recent assessment or maybe even retention within a grade level. It's certainly not easy, but these are natural parts of our career and our dedication to our students. These conversations have to be made. As I talked about in episode number 30, parents and families can actually be some of our best cheerleaders, but these hard conversations can even affect those great relationships that we have worked so hard to build. 
I know because you're so passion-filled that these relationships are very important to you. You work hard to communicate with your parents and to do what is best for your students. I know it, or you would not be here listening right now. So if this area of delivering bad news is especially hard for you, I'm going to give you five tips for having these conversations that may help you get better results and feel less stressed when it comes to times like this. I will say that even after all these years, these instances are still stressful to me to a certain extent. I do not like to have these conversations and I never ever will, but I've come to realize that they are important to the success of my students. Their parents have to be involved and understand in order for my students to flourish and have have the support they need. This is never going away, but there are some things you can do to make it easier on you and to maintain those great relationships that we talked about in episode 30 with your parents and families. So let's get on to tip number one, and that is to never conduct these hard conversations through text or through email. I know it's hard for us to find time to have these personal conversations with families, but when delivering bad news, it is absolutely irreplaceable. Do not ever try to have these conversations through email or text. And here is why. Tone is everything when it comes to delivering bad news. Have you ever read a text and totally misunderstood or mistook the intention of the person writing it? Or have you ever had that happen to you? You had no ill intent, but someone who ever read it on the other end took it wrong. Maybe because they were having a bad day. Or maybe because they feared that you were having a bad tone with them, so that is what they heard whenever they read the text or the message. We cannot allow that to happen when dealing with these integral relationships with our parents. One badly received email can ruin what we have worked so hard to build. Your sincerity and love for their child is hard to express through text or email. They will not completely understand your tone unless you speak with them personally. I truly believe these are best to be had face to face. So I know the pandemic has made this extra hard, but a Google Meet or Zoom call can do the trick. But hearing your voice and ultimately seeing your face will make the conversation and the tone much easier to decipher. And just another note about text and email, when you're giving bad news to parents, it's a lot easier for them to be defensive and angry when they cannot see or hear you. Our emotions can get the best of us when we're all alone and we're kind of simmering in our own thoughts. So definitely find an opportunity to talk with this person over phone or best face to face. That way they can understand your tone and hear the sincerity in your voice. So tip number one is to avoid 
saying these things through text or email. I've made that mistake before. Just avoid it, teacher. Trust me. Tip number two is to approach these conversations with your kindness, with your calmest voice and demeanor. You know, it's really hard to be angry with someone who is being exceptionally nice and kind to you. One time about five years ago, a parent came in unannounced to meet with me and the principal about their child. I was completely thrown off guard. This parent was furious over something that really was just a misunderstanding. But right off the bat, she began yelling at me. Her behavior was very extreme, to say the least. But with my experience, I knew that any negative reaction to her or negativity in my voice would make the situation much, much worse. So I used my skill of being really kind, calm, and uplifting to turn her tone around. Believe it or not, when we left that meeting, she hugged me. (laughs) She literally gave me a hug. After beginning with screaming, she ended with a hug and appreciation for the calmness that I was able to show her even when she was so upset. It's really, really hard to bully and be mean to someone who is not retaliating with that same behavior. So when you go into these conversations, coach yourself, take deep breaths and remind yourself that the best thing that you can do is to stay calm and kind and thoughtful during these meetings. Whoever is receiving the bad news is going to have a really hard time showing negativity to someone who is being just super nice. That takes some practice, I will tell you the truth, but the more you work at it, the better you will get. And maybe a screaming parent will give you a hug at the end of your meeting someday as well. So tip number two is to use your kindness, your calm voice, and that wonderful demeanor that you have. Tip number three is to initiate this conversation by sharing your love for their child. Now, worst case scenario, you're talking about a child that is completely torturous in the classroom and you kind of have to muster up some love for them. But more than likely, you can find some positive points to share about every student in your classroom. So start off this hard conversation with some warm sentiment about that child. Engage that parent or family member in some talk about the wonderful aspects that you see in that little one. For example, I may be meeting about a child who is struggling in a certain area maybe sight words. And I could start that conversation by saying to that parent, you know, Mackenzie is so sweet. She really wants to help me and other students get things done around the room. I just love that about her. Is she like that at home? So this engages that parent in discussing their child and really recognizing that you see their strengths 
This really sets the tone for this hard conversation because they're first going to understand that you love and have recognized these things in their child. So you are actually qualified to recognize their weaknesses or whatever the problem area is in the classroom. This opens up a bond between you and that parent. It's a unified love of their child. All parents dream about having a teacher that truly cares for their child. And for you to notice those good things will help them to understand why you notice the bad things. So if you're not very good at noticing those strengths before your meeting, I would sit down, take a minute to intentionally make a list of the things that you can talk about. As in the example I just gave you, this does not have to be related to the problem. Mackenzie is bad at sight word ID, but she's good at helping others. Having these good things to say is just going to make this bad, hard conversation a little bit easier for you and for the parent who up to this point may be a little worried about what it is you have to share. Let's move on to tip number four, and that is to always back up these conversations with data or data, however you say it. But you need to have proof to share that backs up what you are telling them. This can be your assessment data. This can be some records that you have kept regarding their behavior. You don't want to show up to this meeting with only your thoughts and your worries. Having something in your hand that really demonstrates why you are concerned will be another reassurance to this family member that this conversation is one that we had to have. This is a real problem that we need to address. So if I'm meeting with Mackenzie's parents about her sight word ID problem, I would bring all of the assessments that show how she has performed up to that point. This is just a great resource to have that will really help those leery parents, those ones who may not fully believe your expertise, to show them that yes, indeed, what she is saying is true. Unfortunately, we don't live in an era where parents are completely trustworthy of our knowledge, but data or data does not lie. So have that handy and bring that to back up your worries or concerns. And finally, tip number five, please do not go into this hard conversation without having a plan to improve the situation. Bad news is easier to take when you see hope at the end. Unfortunately, my daddy passed away in 2020 with cancer. When they delivered the bad news to him that he had cancer in his lung and possibly other parts of his body, he was crushed. But the doctor followed up that bad news with a plan of action to help him heal and hopefully to be cured of that disease. 
he reassured my daddy that he would do everything in his power to help him to get better. Now, unfortunately, cancer is not nearly as easy as a sight word ID problem, but families will receive this bad news easier if you follow it up with a plan to help their child improve. Reassure them that you will do everything you can to help them. Again, I would make a list of these things in advance. You can even give this list or paper to the parents to show them that you've really thought this through and you are willing and knowledgeable enough to help. I also recommend offering up ways you can work together to improve the problem. When we partner with parents, when we bring them on our team, it's no longer just our issue with their child. It is a problem we can work to solve together. It makes them feel ownership of this issue and therefore it's going to be harder for them to blame you in the end if their child does not reach their goals or does not improve in whatever area you are discussing. So say things like this. I really would appreciate your help in this area. If you can help me by making sure Mackenzie practices her sight words every night, I think she will show a lot of improvement and together we can help her reach her goal. This kind of language brings that family on board. They are suddenly also accountable for this issue and feeling involved and having a sense of responsibility will help this bad, hard to have conversation go a lot easier. So as you go into this conversation, have a plan to improve the situation. Have specific things that you are going to do. And of course, follow up by doing those things to show that you really meant it. But also offer up ways that you can work together to improve the situation. And bring in that sense of partnership and accountability onto the parent or the family. And that leads us to a recap of all five of these tips that will help you have these hard conversations. Tip number one is to never ever conduct them through text or email. We need your voice and your personality involved here. Tip number two is to use your kindness, your calmest voice, and your sweet demeanor teacher. It's going to be really hard for them to be upset with you when they see how loving and kind you are. Tip number three is to initiate these conversations by sharing your love for their child. Really pull out some specific points to talk about, some positive things about their little one, and engage them in that conversation before you get on to the hard stuff. Tip number four is to back up your worries or concerns with data. Have proof to share that shows that you definitely have reason to be concerned and to be having these hard conversations. It will reassure your more skeptical parents and just give you more confidence in sharing these worries. And finally, tip number five is to have a plan to improve the situation. List out things you're going to do and invite that parent to partner with you to reach these goals that you have for their child. 
Of course, there are many, many other things that you can do to make this easier, but these are the five that I would begin with if you're worried and anxious over having a hard conversation. Well, good luck, my beautiful friend. I hope these tips have helped you and have given you some confidence in facing these hard conversations. Again, this is just part of our career, so we need to really go into it strategically. That way, these hard conversations don't whittle us down and cause us to not love this profession as much as we do. Being joyful in the classroom really is hard work. It doesn't come naturally, but when we put in the effort, we can truly have that deep impact on our students. And that is why I'm working on Joyful Teacher Academy. This is a professional development aimed at helping teachers be more joyful in the classroom by using actionable strategies that help them achieve just that. Again, if you are interested in something like that, follow the link down in the show notes to sign up for updates. It will be chocked full of valuable information and actionable strategies just like those today that will really help and guide you in being more joyful and sustaining as an educator. That is my goal. I want passionate people just like you to be joyful at their career. That way you don't leave. Our little ones need people just like you to stick around for good. With that, I have a two-month-old baby to go feed. He is crying in the other room. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And as always, teacher, don't forget the vital role that you play in society. You are raising the future of our world. And oh my goodness, you are doing an incredible job at it. So until we meet again, go make a difference, teacher friend. (laughs) 